there's so much talent on this Reds team right now. How could you possibly pick who the best player is currently? Well, I can. Let's see if we agree on today's Locked On Reds. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds with myself, Jeff Carr, and my co-host Stephen Offenbaker is away. He will actually be back with me later today on our live show. But we are lifelong Cincinnati Reds fans that have turned an addiction into information for you. I want to thank you for taking time out of your day to listen to me talk some Reds with you. I encourage you, if you're listening, hit me up on Twitter or check us out on YouTube and drop a thought in our comments section. Talking Reds is what we do, and we want to talk Reds with you. And you can get even more Reds insight and get a direct line to me by texting I'm in to 513-597-0944. As always, Lockdown Reds is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. We are your team every day. And if you listen every day, let us know that you're an everyday or down in the comments section below. On today's podcast, we are going to look at who the best Cincinnati Reds player is right now. I'm talking about at this moment, the performances up to this point in the season, who is the best Cincinnati Reds player? Because I think we saw a couple of them in the Reds win and the Reds sweep against the Royals on Wednesday night. Also, there was a power surge in that game that we haven't seen, but only once before this season. And, uh, this game was a lot better than that game. We'll, we'll, We'll talk about that and the significance of where the Reds are after 69 games so far into the year. And then lastly, um, Ellie De La Cruz has struggled recently, but I'm not really that worried and you shouldn't be either. I'll get into why later on. Before we get into all of that, I want to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. A championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. Same with your vehicle. So for parts that fit, Head to eBay Motors and look for the green check mark. Stay in the game with eBay Guaranteed Fit. eBayMotors.com. Let's ride. eBay Guaranteed Fit. Only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right. I want to start off today because I feel like this is kind of a question that's been nagging on me, and it's probably a question that's been nagging on you a little bit. It's fun to watch this team, though, right now. But who is the best on this team, which player is really putting out the best performance at this time. And I think I know it's Matt McClain. That's my, that's where my money is right now. Because listen here, Matt McClain can do it all right now. He's got a 328 batting average. He's got a 379 on base. He's, he's almost getting on base 38% of the time and he is slugging. 516. This is a guy that whenever he was getting ready to be called up from AAA, we were like, is he got the power? Is he going to be a light hitting shortstop? What do we see? Cause we, there was a power surge right before he got called up, but not necessarily to the likes of what we saw in 2022. So, so what is it? It's definitely the power surge. Duke can hit and Duke can hit very consistently too. Think about this in Matt McClain's 28 games that he's been in the major league so far. He has 13 multi-hit games. Almost half of his games are multi-hit games. That is phenomenal. And something that we'll talk about later that Ellie De La Cruz is struggling with, um, Matt McClain actually hits breaking balls better than fastballs 
Now his his batting average against fastballs is three forty seven, which is still very impressive. But his batting average against breaking balls is three sixty four. Dude can read a breaker. Love to love to see it. Absolutely. He's got a wonderful mentality about him too. Like I really feel like when you look at Matt McClain and all the different post-game answers that he gives and things like this, he just cares about winning. And sure, he's a rookie that just started his career. So it's not as if we're looking to him to be the clubhouse leader, but this dude can easily step into that role probably next year. He just has the right mentality uh, uh, that we always talk about with baseball players. Like, what do you say? Like if a guy's struggling, you're just like, man, you just got to forget about it and move on to the next at bat. And you don't want to get too high either. Matt McClain looks like he already knows how to do that. I think most 10 year veterans struggle with this, but r- like the moment that Matt McClain hits a home run, he forgets about it. And he's focused on the next at bat. He's focused on the next play that he has to make at shortstop or at second base or wherever he's playing. He is absolutely like mentally the perfect baseball player. And and I love what we have seen from him so far. So if you're, if you're asking me and I'm telling you, Matt McClain is the best Cincinnati Reds player right now. Now, potentially that could change. Obviously, Ellie De La Cruz is kind of the guy we expect to be there here in a couple of years, maybe even by the end of this year. But for my money, for right now, what we have seen, Matt McClain has put on the best performance so far this year. Now, a runner-up, and it's a guy that um, I I actually saw this on Twitter a little bit and a couple of folks in our Discord uh, server. By the way, if you want to join the Discord and join our conversation, uh, check out the link in the description below. But um, people were talking about Alexis Diaz is the best Cincinnati Reds player right now. And that's a pretty fair argument because think about this. I, I get like the, the, the question about, well, he's a relief pitcher. Like, could we really say that a relief pitcher is our best player? Sure. If you know for a fact that when you bring him out of the bullpen, you're not going to give up a run. You're not going to give up the lead. If the game's tied, it's going to stay tied. That and he's that automatic, he's definitely a candidate for best player on this team. Think about this in 29 appearances so far this season, he has given, he has given up runs in three of them. And in one appearance, he actually gave up three earned runs. The defense was doing him no favors. This was very early on in the season. I think it was April 9th. I think it was, but anyway, gave up three runs in that one appearance. The other two appearances, obviously just one run. He's allowed one home run. But the thing, the, the craziest stat of all of this, and this is according to StatCast and, and Baseball Savant and all that good stuff, he has struck out 46% of the batters that he's faced so far this year. And he has only allowed 10% of his pitches to be put in play. That's the, t- let, let me give that to you again. He has thrown, and this is according to Stackhouse again, he has thrown 440 pitches and he has allowed 40 of them to be put in play. That is an insane number. The fact that only 10% of the pitches he's thrown has actually been hit into play and he struck out 46% of guys. That really, I mean, 
this is this is six one half dozen the other me picking Matt McClain over Alexis Diaz. I'm picking Matt McClain still, but Alexis Diaz is so automatic in the you know twenty second save in a row there in the game. I, it, it was weird that he was needed. We'll get into this a little bit more uh, coming up in just a moment, but uh, just absolutely beautiful performance so far. Give an honorable mention to T.J. Friedel. He's just a step below Matt McClain in pretty much every area. 321 average, 370 on base. Doesn't slug quite as well as Matt McClain, but he still hits pretty well. 491 slugging is still very good uh, for TJ Friedel. Um, a, a very fun stat for him. Don't throw him a fastball. <clears throat> I mean, you know, if there's any opposing pitchers out there, hopefully you didn't hear that. But uh, TJ Friedel is hitting 421 against fastballs right now. And. I'll give him credit for this as well. Last year, according to the defensive uh, stat metric outs above average, he was negative two outs above average in center field. This year, positive two. Talk about a improvement. I mean, we know that he is very reliable in the field, on the base pass, at the bat. Like, TJ Friedel is worth mentioning here, but I still think that Matt McClain is the best player on this Reds team right now but there's so much talent to choose from man and i'm sure you've got your thoughts make sure you drop them down in the comments section uh let me know what you're thinking there because it, it's great we're, we're talking about multiple team multiple players on this team as possibly the best player on the team that that's a lot more fun than where we were last year and uh somewhere else we are with the reds at this moment is an interesting position because we're calling them America's team. America's team went off with the long ball on Wednesday night in a win to sweep the Royals. I'll tell you why it's significant coming up here in just a moment. Before we get into that, though, I want to tell you about one of the sponsors of today's podcast, and that is Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs provide the most comfortable pair of shorts I have ever worn. Seriously, they, they, they feel as though you're wearing basketball shorts, but they look as though you're wearing the kind of shorts that you'd go out on a date with, or maybe, you know, go hit the links with, go to a golf course or something. They're very nice looking. They have absolutely upgraded my wardrobe. It's very hard to, or very easy to do that, sorry. Uh, and Bird Dogs does that immediately. And these are so versatile with how they feel. They feel like uh, basketball shorts, but they look like golf shorts. You can swim in them if you get the liner. Uh, but, and then you can go from the pool to a date. They are so versatile and they make you look so good too. My wife constantly talks about me. You look pretty good on bird dogs. Never want to take these things off and you can check them out today. Go to birddogs.com. And if you go to birddogs.com slash locked on MLB, you will get a free Yeti style tumbler with any purchase. Again, visit birddogs.com slash locked on MLB and get yourself a free Yeti style tumbler with every purchase uh you won't want to take your bird dogs off i promise you the reds are off today but they will be headed down uh for a three-game series with the astros in houston that starts on friday and you can catch every pitch of the reds hometown broadcast with sirius xm on the sxm app just search Reds and thanks as always for making Lockdown Reds your first listen every day. Every dayers, we have a live bonus episode coming for you at 4 p.m. Eastern time. Make sure you join us as Steve and I will discuss what the Reds need to do to get over the hump in the NL Central 
And we'll take your questions and your comments because believe it or not, the Reds, depending on when you're hearing this, because the the Pirates and the Cubs do play tonight, but um, the Reds are a game and a half out of first place. Let that sink in. It's midway through June. And a season when um, even we had said at the beginning, we didn't think the Reds were going to be competing for anything. And the Reds are a game and a half out of first place. Absolutely phenomenal stuff. 34 and 35. They're one game under 500. This is absolutely amazing. You know what else is absolutely amazing? Is how the Reds absolutely clobbered the baseball on Wednesday night. Uh, Dustin Lynch for the Kansas City Royals was actually pitching a pretty decent game the first two times through the order. But then the third time of the order came and it was the first pitch. Stuart Fairchild, first pitch, hits a homer. Then you get to the top of the order. You get a couple of guys on base. Barrero's on base. And, and, and Kevin Newman's on base after a walk. And then Matt McClain uncorks a three-run bomb that was absolutely amazing. And it's funny because there's been this, this interesting uh, idea that the Reds are America's team. And there were, I think there was an article that was written about it, but it's something that the players are actually saying. This is not something that a bunch of us goofy fans have come up with. This is something that the players are chanting in the dugout as uh, the three-run homer man himself said. Uh, we're America's team, it's a good feeling. Uh, we're America's team, it's a good feeling. Just had to play it twice there. It was a quick clip, but yeah. <laughs> we are America's team. It's a good feeling. That's going to be an interesting discussion as we move forward because it feels like whenever anyone says they're America's team, there's immediately a whole bunch of people that come up to disagree with them. But I love it. I absolutely love it. The Reds hit four homers last night. America's team. Sorry, America's team hit four homers against the Kansas City Royals. That's the most, tied for the most that they've hit in any one game so far this season. We talked about this ad nauseum that the Reds are winning with base running. They're winning with, you know, aggressive first to thirds on singles or even sometimes scoring from first. In fact, earlier in this game, Matt McClain scored with some very aggressive base running from first. He actually hit a bunt single, got the first base, and then Jonathan India hit this crazy pop-up in the middle of no man's land that the left fielder tried to run in and dive and catch, but he missed it on the dive, and Matt McClain just assumed that the ball was going to fall. In fact, he said in that post-game interview there where he said that we're America's team, um, Matt McClain even said, he was just like, I just assumed the ball was going to hit the ground, and he never stopped running. He scored from first on a bloop pop-up in the left field. Just absolutely amazing the way that this team typically scores runs. But they didn't do it that way on Wednesday. They did it with the long ball. Four homer game. The only other time this season that the Reds have hit four home runs as a team was May 7th when they lost to the White Sox 17-4. to Think about how weird that stat is, right? The Reds hit four home runs in a game that they scored four runs in and got beat by 13. And then the next time that they hit four home runs, they win seven to three or seven to four. Just, just an amazing uh, baseball, such an amazing game. You, you've got to love that. But it was only their 10th multi-homer game of the season. 
And even though Spencer Steer was one of the guys who hit a home run, he now has nine home runs. The Reds still don't have any guys with multiple uh, with uh, double digit home run totals so far this season. That in and of itself is kind of crazy. But I, I I look at that and I just man, that's that's crazy. But how this has played into where the Reds are after sixty nine games, eh, nice uh, so far this season. The Reds are 34 and 35. They're one game under 500. They're one game out of second place because the Brewers lost again. They're one and a half games out of first. If the Cubs can beat the Pirates uh, tonight, then the Reds will only be one game out of first place as they head into Houston for a pretty tough series. But uh, just just to kind of give some context to that, the fact that they're one game under 500 after 69 games played in a season, so they were one game over 500 in 2021. They were 35 and 34 through 69 games. Then you have to go all the way back to 2014. For the last time they were this close to 500 after 69 games, they were 34 and 35 uh, in 2014 at this point in the season. Other than that, they've been worse, right? There's been some seasons where they already had 40 losses to this point. Now, thankfully, they've not been in the Royals position, and the Royals have already hit 50 losses, but um, the Reds haven't been this good in a while. One season, they were over 500. One season, they were one game under 500. That's it. You, then you go back to 20, uh, 2009 through 2013, those all of those seasons they were over 500 at this point because they were good uh but it's just amazing to see where this team currently sits and and you know shout out to Ben Lively too in that uh in the game on Wednesday night absolutely uh good performance there in a game where you know he's he's coming off a couple of tough performances he still pitched deep into those games but he was giving up a lot of runs still gave up 10 hits to the Royals on Wednesday night in fact the Royals out hit the Reds as far as the hit column goes it's just you know the run column is the most important one but um Ben Lively gave up 10 hits he did have uh two earned runs allowed but four strikeouts just a solid outing by him and he got in on the America's team uh action there we got the chant going America's team you know we're going who, who, who we're came going. up with that uh consensus everybody I mean just everyone kept screaming and man the positivity coming from it it's so cool like yeah, we're definitely gonna keep it going. When did this start? Huh? Probably like late last week. Yeah, probably right towards the end of St. Louis. Oh yeah. I'll say it again, America's team, we're going. America's team, we're going. Uh, nice performance by him. I was kind of hoping he would finish the sixth inning. David Bell went to the bullpen kind of early. Alex Young then came in and got a strikeout, um, and, and then pitched the seventh inning. But I don't know. I I really thought this was going to be one of those outings, like his last couple of outings, Ben Lively got clobbered and practically threw seven innings. And then this inning, he or this outing, he pitches well, the Reds win, and he doesn't go six. Doesn't make a lot of sense there. I thought, uh, you know, David Bell could save the bullpen a little bit because even if Lively gave up three, four, or five runs, they were still going to win. Whatever. I'm, I'm, I'm just complaining about nothing. The Reds won. It's a beautiful night. America's team. We're going. Uh, coming up, Ellie De La Cruz has hit a snag over the last few games. And I'm going to tell you why you should not be worried. That's coming up next.
Before we get into that, though, I want to let you know the Reds are off today, but they have a series this weekend in Houston against the defending World Series champion Astros, and you can catch every pitch of the Reds' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search the word Reds. And you can also follow the podcast on all of your favorite platforms, including YouTube. Also, join in the community on Discord. There's a link uh, to join in the description of today's episode. You can join the Discord link. And also, for more Reds insight, and you can get a direct line to me, text I'm in to 513-597-0944 and join me on subtext. Got some great stuff. There was a, uh, and I mentioned this statistic, uh, I mentioned the existence of the statistic. I forgot what it was on yesterday's show. But I found the statistic and I texted it to our subtext folks. So make sure you join in because there that was a that was a fun one comparing Christian Encarnacion Strand to Mike Trout, among other things. We're gonna make that comparison with Ellie De La Cruz though, because um, here's the thing: Ellie De La Cruz has been struggling recently. Uh, there are some folks in the Discord that are constantly uh, updating us on how many at bats that Ellie has gone without a hit, and I, I don't see this as being that big of an issue. Now I know that there's lots of folks that are just like, well, Jeff, he was the, the number one guy. Like how, how can you be the number one guy and not get hits? It's baseball, dude. Like Ellie's just downloading right now. Ellie is going to be so good. And I think that by saying that a guy is going to be so good, many of us believe that, well, he's good right now then, right? He's just not going to get out. We're, we're just not going to see him get out. And then when he gets out, you're like, whoa, I guess he's not as good as we thought. That's not how this works. I mean, I, I said this, Mike Trout, let's look at this. In his first 40 career games, very first uh, year that he got any experience in the major leagues, first 40 games, he hit 220. He got on base 28% of the time. And he slugged under 400, slugged 390. He had five homers in 40 games, six doubles, and he only walked nine times in 40 games. We're talking about a dude who the very next season also led the major leagues in steals. He only had four steals in 40 games. His first 40 games, Mike Trout was just learning the league. He was just getting used to everything. Do you think that for one moment, any Angels fan would go back and say, you know what? They should have, they, I don't know, man. I, I was thinking that whole time he's not going to be that good. No, this is just a part of being a rookie. Like, I'm not even that concerned. Like if we did like a whole, you know, sports talk thing where you talk about, oh, how concerned are you on a scale of one to 10, like a 0.5, this is going to happen. People have seen the triple a tape. People have seen the tape of him in his first couple of games. And they realize that the best way to pitch Ellie de la Cruz is backwards. You throw breaking stuff, you throw off speed stuff at the beginning of the at bat. So then when he's thinking, all right, here comes a slider, here it comes. Boom. Fastball right there in, in the zone for strike three. We saw that happen late in the game. And I'm blanking on the relief pitcher who did it to him, but he pitched him backwards, breaking ball, breaking ball, a couple of outside the zone pitches. And then with two strikes on him, 
Ellie's sitting breaking ball, ready to go. Fastball right at the bottom of the zone. Strike three called because he wasn't ready for it. He was looking for a breaking ball. This is just how he has to adjust, right? Baseball is a game of adjustments. There is no part of this that I thought, boy, he's going to come up and he's going to know everything, right? We're not, he's not an Android. He just doesn't have everything already figured out when it comes to major league baseball. We're not talking about data. We're talking about Ellie de la Cruz. He's going to learn. He, he did this on, he did this when he was called at the double a, he did this when he was called at the triple a, there was a moment where everybody's just like, Oh, he's not getting that many hits. He's, he's striking out a lot. Could he be not as good as we thought? And eh, he killed everything after that. There's a moment where he figures it out. And then the moment that happens. It's going to be a lot of fun. There's a reason that even right now he is still in the top five, as far as odds to win in El rookie of the year. If you go on FanDuel and you check out those odds, FanDuel's still like, no way, man, this dude is way too talented and it's going to come. It's going to happen. Ellie De La Cruz is just going to be phenomenal. It's why I compared him to Mike Trout. You can look at countless rookies that had pretty solid careers. I'm pretty sure you could go back and compare Ellie's numbers to Jay Bruce. Jay Bruce had an amazing start to his career, but it did slow down there for a little bit. Everybody runs into these things where the pitchers start to get the book on him. They start to pitch him differently than he was seen because every pitcher throws fastballs to a rookie in their first handful of at bats. And you know what? Ellie's going to clobber those things into the river. He's got to learn how to hit a breaking ball, which I mean, he knows how to, it's not, it's not as if he's saying that he's just now seeing breaking balls, but he's got to learn to hit a major league breaking ball spin rates and, 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 and amounts of break on major league pitchers. Breaking balls are so different from triple a there's a huge reason like triple a, they can throw fastballs, right? You can still see a hundred at triple a. It's, it's the breaking pitches and the off-speed pitches that make you a major leaguer. And it's the same thing for hitters. Most guys in AAA can hit a fastball. How do you hit the breaking ball? How do you hit the off-speed stuff? When, when Ellie downloads that information, when he's like, okay, make the adjustment for Major League Baseball, bam. We're going to see some fireworks on a nightly basis. It's not, it's not just going to be a 114 mile an hour home run, you know, once a week or something like that. It's going to be like every other day. I firmly believe that we're not talking about a dude that is going the way of so much as I hate to say it, Jose Barrero, who had a struggle of a night on Wednesday night. He had some hard hit balls that were right at guys, but in the field, he's looking, looking bad in center field now too. But I think Ellie De La Cruz is going to live up to the hype. Not just his first week in the major leagues, but for his career. Not worried about him. Not worried about him at all. And you shouldn't be either. Before we get out of here, don't forget, you can catch every pitch of the Reds Hometown Broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search the word Reds. But that's going to wrap us up for this edition of Locked On Reds. Thanks, as always, for making us your first listen every day. Every dayers got a bonus 
live episode coming up today at 4 p.m. Eastern time, depending on when you're hearing this or watching this, uh, might already be passed. So make sure you check that out too, but make sure you join us. Steve and I are going to be discussing what the Reds need to do to get over the hump. And we're going to be taking your questions and comments. So join us on the lockdown Reds YouTube page for our live bonus show at 4 PM Eastern time. But until then make sure that you keep it with us because we're going to be locked on Reds every single day. No idea how many takes it took me to do this episode. For some reason, bad day.